Hey, what's going on? This is the Educated Guest Podcast, and I'm Justin, your host. Hey, if this is your first time listening, I just want to say thank you, first and foremost, for becoming a part of this community. I think that many people enter into their career and they're curious about many, many different things. And then somewhere along the path, someone tells them they have to specialize in one thing or risk being a master of none. And most people are right in their assumptions of this truth, but then they mistake that for choosing the wrong thing out of fear that they might miss out on some treasure that happens early in life and they spend the rest of their life trying to rescue whatever it is that they left behind. So why do I start with that? Why would I not start with a normal intro? And the reason is because Educated Guest was created to reinvigorate that spirit of the child, that genuine curiosity of the liberal artist, someone who has a multitude of interests, someone who is interested in the many facets of art and design and how to carry those out in professional practice, but just never really knew the tools, the tips, the tactics, the templates to actually get that across the finish line or to even get on the right track. So what we do here is that we teach three different forms of art education. We teach the mindset that's necessary to put yourself in position for success, whatever success means for you. So that comes in the form of our incomplete thoughts segment. The second series of lectures that we focus on is called work study and work studies focused on templates, tactics, the how to's, answering those very linear questions of that might just remove a roadblock that's in your way and has been in your way for a while. And then the last segment in the series of lectures that we focus on is called Well Read. And that's focused on providing inspiration, putting you in close proximity to people who are doing the things that you hope to do one day and doing them at a large scale. So with that said, if you're interested in more content like this, you can go to educated-guest.com, subscribe to our newsletter and engage with our community there and stay tuned and get the most up-to-date information there and be the first to hear it directly in your inbox. We're not going to crowd it. We don't even like email ourselves. So you can count on us not to get in the way of your daily routine. All right. That said, if you're not also following us at educated underscore underscore guests on Instagram, check us out there too. All right. That out of the way, um, which is important information, but I understand that that's not why you clicked on this. Why you clicked on this is probably because you're curious. You're curious about this sense of consistency and why it could possibly be leverage. And you're, con- you're probably curious about how we're defining consistency and how we're defining leverage. So let's start there. So the thesis here is that consistency is the most valuable leverage you can possibly have. You know, most people think that leverage comes from relationship. Most people think that leverage comes from money. Most people think that leverage comes from status, following online, tenure, et cetera. But if you're open to it, then I want to share a new form of leverage and sort of give you three reasons why we think this is the most important leverage you can develop. Um, In the long game, ultimately, consistency is king and queen and duke and jack and ace in the hole. Whatever phrase you want to kind of lean on, that's what we think. And reason number one is that is this. Consistency helps you fall in love with the process. 
You know, you've probably heard this a million times before, but one of the most prophetic, if not profound, um, excuse me, most profound, if not prophetic, dictations of this very truth that comes in the form of this analogy of the hourglass. And there's a guy by the name of Dr. James Gordon Gilkey, and he wrote this sermon down, and it was published by the Reader's Digest way back in 1940-something-odd, 45, 44, 43, some, one, of those, one of those years. And he was not only a pastor, but he was also a counselor in the uh, psychoanalytic, psychoanalytic or humanistic, basically a therapist of the time. And one thing he always did, and one thing he realized when he was kind of helping his patients was that he recognized the cause of breakdown, worry, and all other sorts of personal problems was this mental habit, like this habitual notion of needing to do many different things now. Like any creative can relate to this, right? Like any creative can get to the point where you feel like everything's got to be done now. If you have an idea, you don't know what to do with it because if it's going to leave you if you don't write it down. And if you don't write it down in the right place, you're going to forget about it altogether. It's just this terrible, 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 slippery slope of events. So as you look at the sort of things to be done, this ever never-ending list, he began to use the analogy of the hourglass sitting on his desk. He looked at it. And he had this sense of inspiration, not only just from having an hourglass and time passes, all that good stuff. But he noticed just as the only only one grain of sand passed through the hourglass at a time, no matter how much sand was on either side of the hourglass, only one grain passed at a time. So if you really zoom in only one at a time. So no matter how hurried and you can obviously see the parallel of only being able to do one thing at a time. It's not the job that actually causes the trouble he goes on to say, but it's the thinking of the job that causes this trouble. So no matter how hurried or harried one might get, the mental picture is in, is really false. You know, like there's actually nothing to hurry for. There's nowhere to be, there's nothing to do, there's no one, to, no one else to become. That's an old Eastern philosophy, Eastern tradition. So even on the busiest day, the crowded hours, and this is, you know, kind of part and parcel with what I'm talking about with uh, Dr. Gilkey, is that even on the busiest day, the crowded hours come to us one moment at a time. So no matter how many problems no matter how many things are going on in life, no matter how much is in need of doing, everything always comes in a single file. Single file, one at a time. And this is the only way that it can happen. So there's a quote that says, to get a true mental picture, Dr. Gilkey suggested that Visualizing an hourglass with the many grains of sand dropping one by one, this mental picture will bring emotional poise, just as the false mental picture will bring emotional unrest. So again, that's point number one as to why consistency is the leverage. And it's interesting that we start there. And I wanted to start there for a reason, because many people think about leverage in the sense of business transaction. 
Like, what do you need to do to get one up on that other person? But in fact, consistency and leverage starts starts in your most private moments. It's about getting a one up on yourself. It's not about getting a one up on someone else. And we'll talk about that at a later date about confidence and arrogance and the difference between the two. But that's reason number one. So reason number two is this. Reason number two is that consistency makes excellence a habit. Consistency makes excellence a habit. So there's a there's a uh, excerpt I want to read from um, a book by Maxwell Maltz. Maxwell Maltz, a great author. And he says that skill in any performance, and this is with regard to his analysis on sort of the uh, psychoanalytic psychoanalytic approach to high performance. So he says skill in any performance, whether it be in sports, in playing the piano, in conversation, or in selling merchandise, consists not in painfully and consciously thinking out each action as it's performed, but in relaxing and letting the job do itself through you. Creative performance is spontaneous and natural as opposed to self-conscious and studied. The most skilled pianist in the world could never play, and I want you to pay attention to this. This this is my favorite part. The most skilled pianist in the world can never play a single composition if he tried to consciously think out just which finger should strike which key while he or she was playing. One has been given conscious thought to this matter previously while learning and has practiced until their actions have become automatic and habit and habit like. So regardless of my flubbing of the end of that quote in the excerpt, and I, I I really hope that that resonated with you because every time that I read that excerpt, it reminds me of where your creative practice pays off. And when you're truly in this flow state, when you're truly doing the work that you love, there's a quote from um, Chariots of Fire that someone put me onto. I've never even seen the movie, so I won't even act like I've seen the movie. But there's this quote that just resonated with me. And he was like, yeah, this guy is pretty much the protagonist in the film. And he says, I feel the spirit of God when I'm doing this. I feel the passion of God when I'm doing this. And it's not whether or not you believe in God or not. It's about believing in something that's higher than you, that's not be, not able to be explained in a linear fashion as to why you're doing something, as to why something needs to happen, as to what doing it in, a, in an excellent fashion means. So by the time you come to the table and ready for a deal, by the time you come to the table ready for a client, by the time you come to that presentation you're nervous about, by the time you do your poetry thing, by the time you do your your public display or your pinup or whatever it is. Excellence would have been so much a habit that you don't even have to, as, you know, as Kanye says, like you don't even have to run for anything. You just walk. There's no race. It becomes less about a race. It becomes just about an obvious display of what people know to be true. So again, reason number two, why consistency is your leverage is consistency makes excellence a habit. And then lastly, I want to bring us kind of full circle on this last reason is that 
Consistency demands a mission that's bigger than you. Consistency demands a mission that's bigger than you. So think about this. Think about the act of doing something every day. Let's say that you, you know, you work out every day. Let's say that you do five beats a day. Let's say you do five sketches a day. Let's say you do 10 sketches a day, five emails a day, whatever your, your input that you're tracking is your thousand shots a day, whatever that is for you, which you should have that, by the way, whatever that is for you, you understand that after doing that for a week, you give yourself a pat on the back. You walk in with your chest out after a month, you're probably told a few friends that you're doing this and they're patting you on the back. After three months, all your friends know that you do this and your family knows and they think it's kind of weird, but they just let you do it. And it, now it's just back to you and you're in this crossroads of whether or not to tell someone that you've been doing this thing every day for the last three months and just to publicize it. So maybe you drop a little note and a hint out there for a sense of validation. And then after six months, there is no more validation to be had. Nobody cares that you're doing it every day, five times a day for six months. Nobody cares. In, in reality, you would think, oh, well, the market cares. No, the market doesn't care either because people can do something very bad for every day, five times a day for six months and be practicing the wrong thing and building the wrong muscle and not even realizing which muscle they're actually building. So they, they're not even, they might not even see the, the market returns on their input. So I want to focus on now is this act of leaning in to that moment, leaning into the moment that says, wow, if I'm willing to do this every day, five times a day for six months, for a year, for 18 months, for 24 months, for 36 months, I better be absolutely sure about a mission that's bigger than me because the validation well will dry up well before you even get 12 months out there. Well, excuse me, well before you get to a point where you can, you know, be proud of yourself and actually reap a benefit and live a certain lifestyle that you've looked for. So again, that validation well will dry up very quickly. And after it's dried up, you'll have to find your own water. And that's what this episode is all about. That's what this lecture is about. That's what this community and this school is about. We're seeking to get people to find their biggest adversary, find their biggest antagonist, find their biggest enemy and conquer it whatever it is, whether it's a past version of yourself, whether it's a past person you dealt with, whether it's a person in your future you're afraid to deal with, whether it's an event in your future you're anxious about, face that thing, get over that hump, because most of the, most of the time, self-expression is the sport we should be playing. Everyone should play the sport of self-expression. And the only two things standing in the way of self-expression are what I like to call the enemy's use of self-esteem because someone's always in the gym of self-esteem. Self-esteem is like a gym. You got to go work it out. So if you're not in the gym building your self-esteem, something else is using self-esteem as a weapon against you. 
And while you're not in the gym, oh, guess what you're doing? You're eating the fast food of ego. And that's the last place that you want to be. Because ego will build you up to think that you don't need consistency. Then it'll put you into a place of cynicism where you don't even think leverage is necessary or advantageous and it's pointless. It's all useless. But I'm here to tell you that that's the absolute worst place you want to be. And the place to start from is from a place of self-expression. Not in an egoist form, not in a self-serving form, but in a selfless form to where you dissolve into your expression, to where your form of your body, how you look doing it, how you sound doing it becomes so little and low down the totem pole that by the time you actually do the thing, you become lost in it. And that's what a pure art form looks like. So with that said, that's all we have for today. Hopefully you have a wonderful rest of the week, wonderful rest of your life. We're looking forward to talking to you soon. If you have any questions about this or you want to just talk to me or talk to anyone directly, go to at educated underscore underscore guests on the link in our bio and you can get access to our website, which is educated-guest.com. Subscribe to our newsletter, contact us there. Be sure to respond as soon as possible. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.